Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Amen.
out of the shell. Eh? Add some distance, add some distance, add some distance. Eh? Hey! Now, now, now put in some swag. Put in some swag. When you reach here, you turn like this. There we go. Sikhare 
Father, we thank you for the love and honor that you have given us.
Sata, Ileteke Lararaboko Sanda, Alararabo Shanda, Sekete, Ilarara Katata, Ilandarararabo Shatata, Ilarararabo Sekelelelelelebo Shata, Oh Jesus.
always return the glory back to you. And I thank you for these before you. These your precious people. Give us the heart to understand today what you are about to reveal to us. My Heavenly Father, I magnify you. I honor you. I lift your name above every name. Above every name. Above every name. The King of my life. My Father. Thank you. Because you always hear me. Thank you for all the angels here today. Thank you for your spirit. You are my father. And I'm yours. Thank you for this service. The people you're healing, the people you're transforming, thank you for transformation of your people. These are your precious people. And don't let them go out of this place the way they can. Let them experience you. Give them an everlasting experience of your grace. Amen. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Wonderful. Um, we, we thank God for all of you. And we thank God for this tent. Because it's about to go. It's about to go. It's about to go. This is what we believe. Um, by end, end of um, November, beginning December, uh, we'll be kicking off the process of uh, raising the, the steel. Yes. Um, so January, come January, February, we shall be entering January, our... Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, so this tent is about to go so that we can see the beauty here. And then you stop doing this in, in the service. Praise God. This tent has worked and we thank God for it. We will take it somewhere else because we are expanding. Praise the Lord. In this service, I'm so happy to have uh, my friends and partners in the gospel. Doctors, Freemans, please come and um, say hello to us. Is that, is that okay? Yeah, just say hello to us. They are, they are, they are partnering with us in the gospel. Um, uh, um, partnering with us in the gospel. Yes. 
partnering with us in the gospel and um, um, they are giving and supporting and praying for this work. So we thank you for praying, we thank you for standing with us and, and we thank you for giving um, your financial support that comes in every month. We, we appreciate it so much, so much. It does a lot. And uh, not only that, but, but your prayer and, um, and your support and your love for us. So please say hello to us before we go in the world. Thank you so much, Pastor. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so wonderful. I, I was listening yesterday morning to, I, you know, I just have to share this. I was listening yesterday morning to Donnie McClurkin. And he was just singing this song. And as, I was, as we were coming this morning, it just kept resonating within me. Morning, how blessed is his name. Glory to God. You know, and, and it just kept going on and on and on. So I knew that this day, like all days that I enjoy, is going to be a, a wonderful day. And I am very glad to see to be here this morning. I, I see some familiar faces and some that I don't know, but we will get to know you soon. Hallelujah. I'm excited about being here. I've seen this tent. <laughs> I've seen the tent. And I know what blessings have come through it. And what will continue to come through it. But we bring you greetings from U.S. We left home to come home. And we'll go back for the holidays. But we're coming back. You, you know, Pastor, we've been here since February. So we've enjoyed the lockdown. We've enjoyed the mask. <laughs> and the sanitizers. <laughs> but what we've enjoyed the most is how everybody knows to be humble because of whose we are. I ask you for special prayer for U.S. <laughs> because the humbleness must come. But we're all part of kingdom. <laughs> so we don't care what house is in charge. <laughs> We don't care what house is in charge. Because kingdom is who we all are. And you, my sister, and your beautiful team, thank you for your praise. I'm going to sing one line. I'm going to sit down. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice 
And that's what we should all be doing, rejoicing. Because it's all about worshiping Him. It's all about Him. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Praise God. Let's clap our hands for them. Let's clap our hands for them. Wonderful. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here today and, and for uh, blessing us. Wonderful people. Praise the Lord. Glorious. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, now, we, we, we're going to go in the Word. And today, I'm talking to you. I'm continuing from where I ended um, last Sunday. And what I'm doing today is answering the questions that last Sunday's message would have probably raised. And, um, um, so I'm going to answer those um, questions today. The two, two important questions that I'm going to answer. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Uh, how many of you are here last Sunday? Powerful message, right? So, so we're going to take it deeper today and answer those two questions. And please pay attention to um, what we have here. I want that to come this way. So as I, as I speak, I want you to have this in mind. Okay, keep, keep, keep relating this to my message. Because there must be a deep understanding of who you are. So before I begin to share, let me show you something in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, verse 18, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So the Bible says, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You are recreated. You, you, you see, we are not reformed. Not rehabilitated. But recreated. Okay, in Christ, you are recreated. You are recreated. You are recreated. You are, recre you are brand new. Okay, there is nothing missing, there is nothing broken. You are like a brand new baby. If you have ever seen a baby, you know, coming home with, with, with his mother, 
from the hospital a brand new baby that has just come a baby that has just arrived you touch his feet you touch his fingers they are not from this world you understand the baby is brand new that is who you are in Christ which means you have never sinned. You have never. You, you are brand new. You understand. But now, when you got born again, as a black man, you didn't turn to be white. As a small man like me, you don't. You don't become big because you're born again. Which means your body doesn't change. Because you're born again. Your body stays the same. You can't become a man. You, you get born again a woman. And after believing in Jesus, you become a man. No, you don't change. You don't change. Your body doesn't change. Your body parts don't change. Dark skinned, you stay dark skinned. Small, you stay small. Unless you eat some more. So salvation doesn't change your body parts. Okay? Two, the mind, the soul. Because the Bible says, let's go there, let's go to First uh, Thessalonians 5, 23. The Bible says there, First Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God your whole spirit your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you are a spirit being because, because God is the father of spirits. God is the father of what? Of spirits. So you are a spirit being you live in a body you possess a soul. Three parts. Spirit you live in a body. You possess a soul. Now, now 2 Corinthians 5.17 does not talk about your body. Doesn't talk about your soul. Talks about your spirit. You are a spirit. You are what? A spirit. Did I tell you to do this? Did I tell you? Huh? Spirit, soul, body, sorry. Yeah, bring back the soul. Okay. Spirit, soul, and body. So the core of you is the spirit. God is the father of spirits. You look like God. You are in the image of God, but you're also in the likeness. 
Image and likeness, they are two different things. So, so, so when the Bible talks about, about all those things, it's talking about your spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17 doesn't talk about your soul or your body. It talks about your spirit. Okay? So, you are a spirit, possess a soul, you live in a body. The body doesn't get born again. That's what the Bible says when he comes back, he will give us glorified bodies. Because he doesn't change. The soul doesn't get born again. Doesn't born again. Doesn't get born again. The soul is transformed. Now, the spirit is the core of you. Born of God. You are in Christ, in vital union with Christ. The soul is your mind, your intellect, your feelings, your emotions, your conscience, that is your soul. So when we talk about the mind, we're talking about the soul. Okay? You are not the soul, you possess a soul. You are the spirit. Then you live in a body. A body is the things we look at. That is why as a child of God with this understanding, you cannot, you cannot accuse people, point fingers. You cannot judge people based on how they look like, their size, their color, their sex. No, we don't judge based on the things we look at. There is a man living in what you see. This man is pure, sanctified. The soul is in the process of being transformed. When you get born again, you begin the journey of transforming, of renewing, and releasing. The more you renew your soul, the more you get life from the spirit, and push it in your physical world. The soul is the pipe. It's the bridge between the spirit and the body. Your body and your spirit will never come in touch with each other without the soul. That is why when the devil was tempting, trying to fight the work of God, he didn't use an animal. Because they don't possess a soul. He chose man. One, he has authority to change things. Two, he has a soul. You can't rule here without a soul. And you can't dominate here without a body. That is why every spirit that possesses a soul and possesses a body has a purpose on the earth. That's how I know all of you. You have a purpose on the earth. So now with that understanding, with that understanding, I want us to go deep in today's message. I'm talking, I'm, talking, I'm talking to you about your sins being forgiven. All your sins are permanently forgiven. Present and future. All your sins were removed by Christ. 
You are forgiven permanently. Past, present, and future. God forgave all your sins before you existed. He took care of your problems before you existed. The Bible compares the effectiveness of the sacrifices, sacrifices made by the Jewish priests. The Bible compares those sacrifices with a sacrifice, not, not sacrifices, but with a sacrifice because it is one. They made many sacrifices, but he did one. So now the Bible compares the two. The sacrifices of the Jewish priests and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our great high priest. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, verse 11, verse 12, and verse 14. Hebrews 10, verse 11, verse 12, and verse 14. The Bible says, and every priest stands ministering daily. They ministered daily and offering repeatedly. They ministered daily and they offered repeatedly. Many, many times. The same sacrifices. The Bible says, which can never take away sins. Those sacrifices never took away sins. We were not able to take away sins. But this man, this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, for how long? For how long? For how long? The Bible says for forever. Not for hours, not for days, not for years, but forever. Sat down at the right hand of God. Now you see, when the priests offered their sacrifices, they covered, covered sin. They never took away sin. But the sacrifice of Jesus Christ took it away. Took it away forever. 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 Verse 14. For by one offering, one, one offering, he has perfected forever. Perfected for how long? For how long? Forever. Forever. So which means you and I that have believed we've been perfected forever. Past, present, future, you're perfect. Who are we talking about? Who are you? Perfected 
Forever. I am not perfect. What are you talking about? Who are you talking? Who are you? I am not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Who are you? What are you talking about? Are you talking about the soul of a body? You are perfect. Perfected forever those who are being sanctified. How are you sanctified? By the word. Who is sanctified by the word? The mind. The problem is no longer with the spirit. The problem is not with the body. You know sometimes you wake up and the body asks for things you don't have. It is not the body. The problem is always here. So after you're born again, you are saved. The word begins to save your soul. The word begins to save your soul. Now the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 12 and verse 14 uh, in the Amplified Bible. We read the Amplified Bible. Verse, verse 12 and verse 14 in the Amplified. Whereas this one, Christ, after he had offered a single sacrifice for our sins, that shall avail for all time. The sacrifice he made has availed the perfection for all time. You're covered. You're, you're covered. Now, sat down at the right hand of God. Verse 14 says, For by a single offering he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Completely. Completely. And forever. Cleansed. In you, there is nothing missing. There is nothing broken. Praise God. The perfection that comes from Jesus' sacrifice has no end. The perfection that has come from Jesus' sacrifice has no end. Even though those who have been made perfect, their bodies, their souls are still under the process of transformation. Your soul and your body, they are still under the process of transformation. But the perfection that he has given you cannot be stained by human imperfection. Remember, you did not receive any man's righteousness. The Bible says you received the righteousness of God. So the righteousness you possess, the righteousness you have, is the very righteousness of God. 
so in, in righteousness, as far as righteousness is concerned, God has lifted you to his level. Because it is not your righteousness. No, it is not by works. It is not by the law of Moses. It is by the righteousness of God. And so when it comes to righteousness, God has lifted you to his level. So now that can never be stained by the imperfection here. This has to go. The imperfection here. We'll go. And we're going to see how to get that out. You see, when we compare ourselves with the Old Testament believers, we have to be careful. Because they were not new creation. So there are things when you talk about men that had, had concubines and had those, we don't expect you to have that. We don't expect you. Why? Because you're, you're a new creation. There were not new creations. And the new creation started after Jesus resurrected. So, how can you compare yourself to them? Their failures can never be your failures. Their mistakes cannot be your mistakes. Because we expect you to be of a higher standard. So, your life has to reflect the very righteousness of God. How can you lie? for inheritance. No. <laughs> we do not expect you to do that. You are new creation. You understand better. So don't compare yourself with Old Testament believers. And by the way, the law that was given to them was not given to you. Especially you that are not Jewish by blood, physical the law was given to Jewish people. The Gentiles were not even allowed to come close to it. The Bible says, read your Bible, the Bible says we were far off. So the law, the promise wasn't given to us. It was given to them. Now, when Jesus is giving the spirit, he says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, even us. Then the gospel brings us in. But we were far off. That's why the Paul is amazed. You started in the spirit. How did you end there? You entered by the spirit. You entered by the gospel. How did you end up in the Lord? You understand? How, how did you end up there? Those people didn't know you. You were not even allowed to practice. You were not allowed to practice the law. The promise and the law. You were not 
How could you worship with them in the synagogue? How? You were not allowed to practice it. But how foolish do we become? In Christ, we go for for what we were not allowed to practice. Which wasn't ours. And we pick it and bring it in Christ. And then you find church leadership, that one is executed. That one is gone. He's a sinner. Kick him out. When did you start practicing that? When did you start what's the word? I've even lost it because I don't like it. Excommunication. When did you start all these things? If the church can't change me, who's going to change me? Where are you sending me? You see, Moses said, I mean, Paul, you need to understand Paul's words. I'll teach on that. I'll, I'll teach on that later. You need to understand Paul. Okay, okay come back. Come back. Come back. Now, now, now. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, there is a question that the law people, the law people ask to intimidate and to frustrate the message of Christ, the message of grace. And so they point at us to teach this message and say, well, what about this? What about that? And many times I look at them drowning in their ignorance. Because you see, the Lord teaches people to argue. The Lord teaches people to defend. Even, you know, even in Bible college, they teach you to defend the gospel. You can't defend the gospel. Who are you to defend the gospel? It's not your job. You see, the gospel, the word of God, is life explaining life. It is life teaching you to experience life. The Bible explains itself. It is, it is life explaining life. An ending. And, and you see, you understand it basing on your relationship with Christ. You understand the word basing on your relationship with God. There are things one will see and another lo loses. Basing on where you are with God. That's why sometimes we open the Bible and people are like, no, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. It is life in the Bible. But you see, you get somewhere and you begin. You, you read the verse and the Holy Ghost opens your eyes to see things that are concealed in the world. You see, the Bible says, it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. That's how we walk in the glory of God. Because we search matters. We, we, get, we get to the things that are concealed. 
There are things hidden. They are hidden. <laughs> hidden. Praise God. Okay, so the question is, you all know this by heart. Romans 6. That's one. Shall we continue in sin? And grace may abound. Put. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm speaking Swedish to you. <laughs> Should we continue in sin? That grace may abound. Answer. And you're like, did you read the whole chapter? Okay. Because, because you're my friends who do the will of God. My friends are only those who do the will of God. Not everyone is my friend. No. No. I know my friends. <laughs> those who do the will of God are my friends. So because we, you and I are doing the will of God, let us discuss this. Let us discuss this. So, now, Paul is answering these arrogant hypocrites, these Pharisees in the church. And he, he answers them. The Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That is what they ask and they wait for your answer. And they end their answer. Give me an answer. You're saying that everybody is perfected. Give me an answer. You're saying the grace of God is enough. Give me an answer. You say, you say, you say it is not by works. It's by grace. Shall we continue to see that grace may abound? Okay, so Paul, in his wisdom, very smart man, very anointed, he, he poses two questions. He answers the question by questions. He uses questions to answer. Verse 2, suddenly not. <laughs> it's impossible. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? There is a deep answer there. Oh, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in the nearness of life. Now, Paul is building his case. He poses two questions. How can a dead man live? 
Men die once. When they are buried, they can't come back. So how can you die and then you leave? Paul says it's impossible. You know, think about it. You're smart people. You are smart people. Think about it. How can you die? They bury you. And then you come back and live with the living. You are not allowed to come back. Now, Paul uses the law of death to answer the question. Once dead, always dead. It's the law of death. It's the law of death. You can't die to sin and then leave. You're dead, you're dead. So he's building his case. Follow him, verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, suddenly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. We are now in the likeness of, of his resurrection using the law of death. Now, knowing this, that, that, that our old man was crucified with him, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin. No, you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave. Follow him closely. Verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Freed from sin. I'm using the KJV because KJV has the original translation. I'm using KJV. Now listen. Paul is very wise. He's talking about a man that is freed. Because these people were dealing with something they didn't know. The question is from a man who doesn't understand. So now Paul is answering and he's very careful in his language. So he says, how can you be freed? And then, so he talks about a man that is freed. There is a difference between being freed and walking in freedom. So many people are freed, but they are not walking in freedom. I give you a story of a close friend of mine. This is a true story. My friend told me this story about his father. His father was taken to prison when my friend was a little baby. And his father stayed in prison for many years. Many years. So now, time came, they freed him. He was happy to be freed after many years of being in prison. So they give him his paper bags. So he's walking out with his small bags as a freed man from prison. And so the gates are open. Boom, 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 boom. So he's walking out, he's walking out, he's walking out. And he reaches out. 
He looks at the sky. And he questions within him. And he says, where am I going? I don't know life outside prison. I can't go. I rather live here because I don't know anything. And he walks back and he says to them, I don't know anything. This is a true story. I don't even know where I'm going. I've been here half of my life. I'd rather stay. So he begged to stay in prison. And they kept him there and gave him work to do. He's now passed away. He died. But he went back to prison. The man was freed, but he didn't know how to walk in freedom. So many believers are free from the power of sin. They are no longer slaves of sin. They are free. They need to learn how to walk. So Paul is dealing with this question wisely. You are freed. But not free. You are freed. But not free in the mind. This man was freed. His papers were signed. He's a free man. But in his mind. He was still a prisoner. That is why you need the word of God. As a freed person, now you need to be transformed. It doesn't mean you are still a prisoner. No. You know, in developed countries, I, I pray it comes here. When a person has stayed for so long in prison, they don't just release them to go back in communities. They, re, they take them to rehab. Okay? So, now, you are not going through rehab here. You're going through rehab here. The word of God takes you through rehab to teach you to walk in freedom. The problem is no longer here, the problem is here. Are we together? So the Bible says, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we have also, we shall also live with Him. Now, verse 9 Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over you. For death, verse 10, that for, for, for death, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Oh, verse 11. Paul is arriving building his case. He's arriving. And verse 11, verse 11, he says, likewise, you also reckon. Everyone say reckon. Everyone say reckon. So he says, you also reckon. Say reckon. 
Now, what does that mean? The word reckon there means regard. It means consider. So the problem why you are freed but the, the reason why you are freed but you are still messed up here is because you haven't considered. You haven't reckoned. You haven't regarded yourself as dead to sin alive to God. A man that reckons, a man that regards himself, considers himself as dead to sin, alive to God. How can you continue in sin? Now, he asks the question, but he answers it down here. He asks them, how can a man dead to sin continue living in sin? And they are looking at us. But then, in verse 11, he answers them and he says, likewise, you also reckon, in others, regard or consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let your sin, don't, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its last. Are we together? When you begin to regard, to, to consider yourself as dead to sin and alive to God, you can't walk in sin. You can't live in sin. You can't. So the reason why people are still struggling is because the church has not taught them how to look at themselves. And so you hear pastors and you hear leaders telling their people stop, 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 stop that and stop that and stop that and don't do that and don't do that. You're going to hell. You're now, why don't you tell them how to stop? This is how to stop. How do you look at yourself? Do you see yourself as dead and alive to God? This is what power is. So Paul is answering the question. Now, you hear them. You hear them. Shall, shall we continue in sin? The grace may abound. And they end there. They end there. Why? Because the law of Moses teaches them to fight defend in ignorance in ignorance they don't see then they don't hear okay quickly let me answer the second question quick I'm answering the second question and I'll let you go because these are the most common questions but now you know what Paul meant. Just regard yourself. Just consider yourself, I'm dead. I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. How can I die 
infant here. and then live again. I'm permanently dead to sin. I'm alive to God. And the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has made me perfect forever. The imperfection that is going on has no power to stain the perfection of Christ. I'm always perfected. Forever perfect. That's how I regard myself. That's how I, I, I look at myself. I walk, think, a perfect man. You said a word and I was offended. Who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? I am a perfect man. Because he has made me perfect. But remember, I'm one of those that are being sanctified by the word. Does it mean I'm imperfect? No. You're a perfect man. Because now we know, we know who you are. We know the person we are talking about. Let me answer the second question. You see, grace teaches us to live as lights in the world. So they get their second question. In uh, Philippians 2, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What do you say about that? <laughs> Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What do you say about that? Again, ignorance and rebellion. They pick and choose. But let's listen to Paul. Let us listen to, get, get, get to listen. And allow this life to teach you. How to experience it. What does it say? Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as, not, not as in my not, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Walk, 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 walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The, the salvation spoken of here is not that of the spirit man that 2 Corinthians 17 is talking about. The salvation Paul, Paul is talking about is not of the spirit man. No, that is not the salvation he's talking about. 
And the word salvation there is the word deliverance. So he's not speaking about the salvation of the spirit man. But deliverance from the snares which would hinder the Christian from doing the will of God. Now, when he spoke to the church in Philippi, they were fighting. They had strife, they had misunderstandings, they were competing, they didn't love one another, they were full of hate. And so Paul speaks to them and says, work out your fear, work out your salvation, sorry, with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, salvation here means the solution to their problem. They, they had been plagued with strife and contention. So now the apostle has given them the remedy. To work out your salvation with fear and tremble does not talk about your spirit man. He's talking about your mind. Working out your, your, your salvation. The word salvation there is deliverance. So Paul was talking about the deliverance of the mind. The deliverance of the mind. Which you know very well is a process. So he's talking about the deliverance of the mind. How do we work out this deliverance? So he says, work out the deliverance of your mind. So in Romans 12, he, he talks about being transformed. And he says, verse, verse 2, and be non-conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he talks about, and then when you go on up to verse 5, you see he's talking about, he's talking about, he's talking about being sober, he's talking about thinking of yourself not more highly than, than you ought. So he's talking about your mind. Delivering the mind. Renewing your mind. So, so when you go to Philippians, when you go to Philippians, in chapter 2, he's talking about the deliverance of the mind. Now, now Philippians chapter 2 is the same as Romans chapter 12. Those two are working together. Same message is all about transformation. So Paul is not talking about you working out your salvation that you got on the cross of Jesus. The salvation of the spirit man is only given by the work of Christ, not the work of man. So, but he says now, for you to live right, work out your deliverance. 
of the mind. How do you work out your deliverance of the mind? It is by the word of God. Remember I said in the beginning, when you get born again, you begin the journey of renewing and releasing. This is what Paul is addressing. The deliverance of the mind touches our Christian conduct and our daily living. That is why in, when you go back to Philippians 2, they, they don't read chapter, uh, verse 4 and verse 5. They end, they end it to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But they don't go to verse 4. They don't go to verse 5. Let's see what Paul is addressing. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So he's talking about how you should think about people. This is working out your salvation. This is working out on your deliverance. When you see people, how do you think about them? Deliverance. You need deliverance in the mind. So he says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It's talking about the deliverance of the mind. Not the spirit man. You can't work out your salvation that you received because of the cross. That is Christ's work. But then when it comes to your mind, you must work it out in the word of God. Now what happens quickly? What happens if the mind is not delivered? And you see, this is what Paul is addressing. Two dangerous things will happen to a believer who is permanently forgiven but not delivered in the mind. Just like the man who was freed but didn't know how to begin life outside prison. One, it will hinder you from experiencing the power of God in your life on the earth. That is why deliverance of the mind is very key. Because it, if it's not delivered, it will hinder you from experiencing the blessing of God on the earth. Number two, if your mind is not delivered, number two, it will hinder you from doing the great commission. If you don't experience the power of God on the earth, if you don't do the great commission, you have lived a wasted life. And so Paul speaks to the church in Philippi and says to them, my children, I don't want you to live a wasted life. There are four work out your salvation. Deliver your mind. How do we do that? In the word of God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is this deliverance, this salvation is acquired in the word. In the word of God. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Let's look at things deeply 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, let, let me finish with verse 13. We are still looking at Philippians. Go back and study Philippians 2. Verse 13 says, Now, work out your fear. Your, 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 huh? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You, you don't have the power. Even the power to work out that deliverance is not yours. They don't study the whole chapter. Yes, we must work out our deliverance. But the power to work out your deliverance is not in you. It is where? In Christ. Verse 13. We are reading the same chapter. Verse 13. For, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You have no work in this. You have no work in this. It is all God. Even delivering your mind. It is by God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Hallelujah! <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Stand upon your feet. My God. What a wonderful service, Lord. Thank you for this freedom. Thank you for this life. Thank you. Come on, begin to thank God right now. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, thank him. Thank you, Father. Come on, thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you. 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 For the power in me. I thank you. For you are in me. You are in me. Thank you. Come on, raise your hands and thank him. You are free. You are free. You are dead to sin. You are walking in freedom. Consider yourself. Consider yourself. Dead indeed. And alive to God. Consider yourself dead indeed and alive to God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The blessing of God is on you. The power of God is in you. The life of God is in you. You are alive to God. You are walking in victory. You're walking in power. You're walking in wisdom. You are walking in experiences. Of the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands of the Lord. Father. I thank you for this morning. I do bless your people. Raise your hands and receive it. I bless your life. 
I bless your marriages. I bless your future plans. I bless your education. You are a success. Receive it now. I bless your finances. I bless your finances. You are a winner. You are an overcomer. You walk in financial authority. You walk in wisdom. You will experience the power of God on this earth. And you will do the great commission. You can't fail. You are great. You are powerful. You are an overcomer. You can make it. You can win everywhere you go. Your feet are blessed. Your hands are blessed. Whatever you touch sees increase. You will never be the same again. Forever and ever. Come on, shout and say, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Good news is coming from afar to you kings shall run to your light nations shall run to your light you are a blessing you are a blessing and you are a success shall I say I receive it I receive it in Jesus name amen God bless you we love you and thank you for being here with us today take the word of God and walk in power and walk in all authority. God bless you. Remember, Jesus is the Lord of your life. Nothing missing. Nothing missing. Nothing missing. God bless you. And see you next time.